This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to let you know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Over 2 million men worldwide have joined the movement for all their below the waist needs. Engineers for the last 18 months have perfected the greatest hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can choose the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other items by going to manscaped.com and you can also save 20% by using the promo code State of Saints. That's manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and save 20% on the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. With the 11th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the New Orleans select Marshawn Lattimore, defensive back, Ohio State. 32nd pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Ryan Ramchek. With the 42nd pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Marcus Williams. Defensive back Utah. With the 67th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Alvin Kamara, running back, Tennessee. With the 76th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Alex Anzalone, linebacker, Florida. With the 103rd pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Trey Hendrickson, defensive end, Florida Atlanta. With the 196th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Al-Quadine Muhammad, defensive end Miami. The greatest draft class of all time. It is yours truly, T.J. Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk, that's right, New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, time to get ready for the draft, man. It is time for us to get prepared for the NFL draft. We're about three days away from the NFL draft. So the State of the Saints podcast i like to introduce you all to draft week, okay? All of the topics that are going to be selected here on the State of the Saints podcast are going to be pertained to the NFL draft. And I thought it would be fun for us to start off the week by discussing some of the greatest draft picks in New Orleans Saints history. Look, (laughs) 
if you've been following the New Orleans Saints as long as I have been, I've been a Saints fan as long as I can remember. Uh, I always say the, the, the memory that I, I just remember just very vividly uh, when I first became a Saints fan was me just sitting on the floor at the age of four years old watching the New Orleans Saints in my grandmother's uh, living room um, at the, you know, and that's probably the first time I was introduced to New Orleans Saints that I can remember. But if you know, like I do, and you've been following the Saints uh, for about, you know, as long as they've been in existence, some of you are much older than I, I am, so you've been following much longer, you know that there isn't much to choose from. <laughs> I mean, the New Orleans Saints, they've whiffed on a, their fair share draft picks. Uh, we all know that this was a snake-bitten franchise for a very long time. Uh, but for the last uh, 10 or 15 years, they have produced uh, some really good draft picks, man. And even in the past, uh, you know, there were some diamonds in the rough that the New Orleans Saints select. So on this edition, we're going to be talking about some of the greatest draft picks of all time. And feel free uh, to put your your favorite draft pick or who belongs on your Mount Rushmore in the comments. So thank you all very much, those that are following in the chat and those that are uh, listening and watching the State of the Saints podcast, no matter where you are, wherever you may be, really do appreciate it. And also want to say thank you to all the supporters of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, the description is down below if you want to find out how you can become a supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. And also the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints. Also, special thank you to our other sponsors, Everlast, and working with Cash App for the month of April. So if you want to donate to the State of the Saints podcast, feel free uh, to use uh, that profile name there, dollar sign, State of Saints. And while I'm thinking about it, want to give a special shout out to Tillis Smith, uh, who donated uh, through the Cash App. So Tillis Smith, thank you very much uh, for, for the love and the shout out, you know, and, and saying that you enjoy the show. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. But let's go ahead and talk about it, man. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the best draft picks in New Orleans Saints history, okay? Who belongs on your Mount Rushmore? Well, you know, this is really tough, like, when you think about it, right? You know, you, you didn't think that it was going to be that tough. There's only four people that can go on the Mount Rushmore, right? You know what I mean? You look at Mount Rushmore, there's only four presidents up there. So, the way I look at it, uh, there's only four people that you can choose from, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, if you're doing like a top 10, I'm pretty sure you can come up with 10, okay? But um, if I was doing a Mount Rushmore, if I'm doing a Mount Rushmore based on some of the greatest draft picks in New Orleans Saints history, uh, you got to start, man. You know, I mean, I'm looking at this, this right here. You know, I'm about to pull it up so you all can see. You got to start these four individuals right here, man. Um at the top, you know, you see Archie Manning, right? Archie Manning uh, selected uh, from Ole Miss back in 1971. Uh, even though Archie Manning's stats uh, didn't really scream Hall of Fame or all-time great, I think we can all give him a pass because we know that the New Orleans Saints were absolutely terrible when he got here. He was the second pick overall coming out of Ole Miss, never had an offensive line, running for his life, scrambling for his life, and honestly – if Archie Manning wasn't a mobile quarterback, he probably would be dead right now. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how horrible uh, the New Orleans Saints offensive line was. I know a lot of people probably remember that that classic video of him scrambling and um, his jersey being ripped off of his body. So um, Archie Manning definitely uh, belongs up there, you know, on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, the second, 
uh, would be Ricky Jackson. Okay, Ricky Jackson, the greatest defensive player the New Orleans Saints ever had, period. He, he was drafted back in 1981 out of Pitt, and we all know that he was the leader of the Dome Patrol, you know, like one of the best linebacker court, if not the best linebacker court in NFL history. And according to the NFL Top 10, uh, they reigned supreme. All right, Ricky Jackson, uh, to me, uh, should have never left the New Orleans Saints, but I completely understand the New Orleans Saints weren't really that good. Uh, he wanted to be a champion. He left and went to the San Francisco 49ers, but he he left and he's he's a Hall of Famer. He had 128 sacks uh, throughout his career. So Ricky Jackson definitely uh, deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, next would be Willie Rofe, uh, the famous offensive lineman, uh, number 77, coming out of Louisiana Tech uh, by way of Arkansas Pine Bluff. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. You know what I'm saying? Like he's uh, a guy who was uh, definitely uh, one of the, the, the top guys uh, during those terrible years in the 90s for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Willie Rofe definitely uh, always stayed true. You know, even when he left and went to Kansas City, he still was one of the best offensive linemen in football, man. He went to the Pro Bowl on multiple occasions, I think even double-digit times. You know what I'm saying? I think more than 10 times he went to the Pro Bowl. So he was a guy that was always one of the absolute best. And, and last but not least, I won't even put the picture up because y'all see him directly behind me uh, right there. You know what I'm saying? You see uh, Marcus Coaston. You know, Marcus Coaston to me is the greatest seven-round pick in NFL history. I'm sorry. Like, if we up here talking about uh, Julian Edelman and does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, you need to be putting Marcus Coaston in there. Marcus Coaston, to me, was uh he was overachiever you know what i'm saying like I, i'm just being honest he overachieved coming out of hoster as a tight end right seven round pick number 252 which means he was about four picks away from being mr irrelevant and he turned that into a great career he's the greatest wide receiver as of right now uh according to numbers that the new orleans saints have ever had and if you look at his draft position he definitely deserves to be on the mount rushmore those are my four right there. And I know if some of you are probably wondering to yourself, where's the Alvin Kamaras? Where's the Cam Jordans? Where's the Michael Thomases? Where's the, you know, those type of guys? Look, the only reason I'm saying this is because these guys' career is done, okay? It's over with. You know what I'm saying? They can't do anything to try to add stats, stack things up or anything like that. These guys leave a lasting legacy. These are the guys who, to me, were cornerstone players, Okay cornerstone players you know what i'm saying players that 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 set the mold you know what i'm saying any anybody that comes along with the new orleans saints Raptors, cam jordan trying to get sacks you know what i'm saying they, they're they chasing after ricky jackson you know what i'm saying when drew Brees was here even though he wasn't drafted by the saints he was chasing archie manning you know we look at the great play of teron armstead and ryan ramchick you know people are always going to think about great offensive line play when and they're going to start thinking of willie rofe and Michael Thomas, the way that he's tearing up the league right now, we know that he is chasing Marcus Coaster. So these guys are the guys that set the tone. These are the all-time greats. These are the guys that get first dibs on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, honorable mention that could easily get uh, put in there would be Deuce McAllister. I would put Deuce McAllister up in there. Uh, Cam Jordan, even, you know, I would try to put him up there. He'd probably be about five or six if we're just – adding a little bit more sculptures onto the mountain, you know, but all in all, 
these guys' careers are, are, are over. Their career is all said and done, kaput. They can't do anything else. These are the guys that I feel like deserve first dibs at Mount Rushmore, okay? Like I said, these are draft picks, okay? If we're talking about all-time great Saints, we'll probably have to kind of, you know, move some things around, but we're talking about draft picks, okay? But uh, feel free to put your draft, your, your draft picks uh, in the comments. Who is on your Mount Rushmore? New Orleans Saints, but let me go ahead and go to the comments. Thank you all so much once again for being here. Um, Mario, a uh, special shout out to you, says TJ the host. Uh, T Dirty said, What up, TJ the host? What's up, my who that fam? What's going on, man? Thank you for being here. Uh, Jared Poor says 2017, indeed. Uh, Mario said, Hardcore Jared uh, Poor Jr., uh, the OG, is in the building. Casual decks all the way in Canada. Uh, he says, how's it going, everybody? And TJ Jones. What's going on, Casual decks? Thank you for being here, man. And thank you for supporting the State of the Saints podcast. He even got his shirt, uh, the State of the Saints podcast shirt across his face there, man. So thank you for that support there. Uh, Mario uh, says, Willie Rolfe is a legend. Yeah, he definitely is a legend. No doubt about that, man. One of the greatest New Orleans Saints of all time. Scroll down a little bit, man. Get some more people in the room. Shouts out to my guy, Ramsey. Ramsey says, Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, even he really was in uh, the traffic, but, you know, uh, he's our guy, Ryan Ramchek and Michael Thomas. Look, uh, Drew Brees, definitely the greatest New Orleans Saint of all time. I mean, it's under, that's undisputed right now. Drew Brees is the undisputed greatest New Orleans Saint of all time, okay? And then, to me, is Ricky Jackson, all right? But Drew Brees was drafted by the San Diego Chargers, so we can't put him on the list. Uh, Jerry says, uh, Jules McAllister, Reggie Bush, uh, Willie Rofe and Ricky Jackson. Um, to me, have no problem with Deuce McAllister. Deuce McAllister, once again, uh, if there were five spaces on Mount Rushmore, he definitely would be on the list. Uh, Reggie Bush, to me, uh, uh, he left a lot to be desired, okay? Um, I like Reggie Bush a lot, got a lot of respect for him, but I don't think he would, I don't think he's in a conversation of an all-time great saint. You know, like, I, I feel like this. In order for you to be mentioned as an all-time great, you have to be consistently great. Like you, you, it can't be no drop-off. You know, like I can think of games. You know, what I'm saying where Reggie Bush took over. Okay, we know about the the famous Minnesota Viking game when he returned all those punts. He had that crazy uh, punt average. You know, but at the end of the day, the Saints lost that game. Uh, I can think about him against the Arizona Cardinals in the divisional round. I mean, he took over the game there. You know, he, he brought the bat out, right? He brought, he literally brought the wood that day. Okay, I remember the, that game. You know, I remember uh, his first uh, touchdown. He, he returned a, a punt against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those were moments. But I'm talking about a complete body of work. I'm talking about overall consistency in order for you to be an all-time great. Now, if we're talking about um, – if we're talking about as far as uh, his impact, I would give him credit for that. Like, I don't think there was a player that – that gave the Saints as much impact, uh, you know, and gave uh, the Saints much as much hope. You probably have to go back to probably Ricky Williams, okay? I'm talking about Ricky Williams before he got drafted. When Ricky Williams came to the Saints, uh, everybody was so excited. They thought, like, man, this is it. But you probably won't find two players that, that made the bigger impact uh, than Reggie Bush and, and, and Ricky Williams, okay? But – uh, I'm talking about overall work, okay? I'm talking about on the field. Uh, these guys that that I, I named, uh, the four individuals, I mean, one thing you can't say about them, the boys put in that work, okay? They were consistent. 
All right. That, I, I want to talk about a couple games. Okay. But the impact of Reggie Bush, I agree. Over as a player for the Saints, I don't think I'll put him on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, what up, uh, TJ? Uh, my top three uh, Saints picks all time Willie Rove, uh, Jari Evans, and Michael Thomas, in my opinion. Uh, Derek, ain't nothing wrong with that list. The only problem that I have with Michael Thomas is his career isn't over yet. You know, uh, knock on wood that it happens, but I mean, this is the NFL. Uh, things could, you know, things can happen. You know, like dudes can look like they're just overall beasts, and then the next thing you know, they have injuries, anything can happen. So I still feel like Michael Thomas is cementing his legacy. Okay. Uh, he has the, the potential to be all time great. I think if he puts up the type of numbers he's been putting up or close to in the, for the next three to four years, I think that he would be an all time great. I think you would have to put him in a conversation, but it's hard for me to put a guy that's playing right now in a conversation of an all time great. Okay. Because I, I still feel like they're still playing. And there's a lot of things they can do, you know, that they, that can possibly change the narrative of what we think about. I, I, I He's on a trajectory of being all-time great, but I wouldn't put him on the list just yet. Leanne, who's a supporter of the State of the Saints podcast, thank you so much, Leanne, says Deuce McAllister for me based on my error. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, Deuce McAllister was a great New Orleans Saints player. You know, I think he he's one of the most well-respected New Orleans Saints uh, players uh he definitely was one of the best running backs um you know I, I mean if a person wants to take one of these guys off the list like you know if I'm looking at like Archie Manning right you know I mean it's not his fault right it's not his fault he didn't play with a good team but I can understand somebody bounce him off the list you know and put Deuce McAllister up there uh you know if you put Take Marcus Colston off, you know, and put Duke McAllister there. I would understand that as well. But uh, he's definitely one of an all-time – he's definitely an all-time great saint. Uh, already read that one. Scroll down a little bit. Let's go to Faith. Faith, uh, Faith-based workplace says Bush, Deuce, Thomas, Colston. Okay, uh, not, not mad at the list. Once again, it's just hard for me to put Reggie Bush on an all-time great draft pick list. It just is, man. Like, I, I like him a lot. And Thomas, like I said, he's still playing. It's hard for me to put a guy that's playing on a list. You know, it, it's so hard. You know, hard to do. Uh, that's awesome. I'm doing good, bro. Can't complain. Giving a shout-out to Jerry Poor. Uh, Reggie Bush was dynamic. Yeah, Reggie Bush was dynamic. But, I, man, I'm looking at it like this, right? I just feel like if if you're going to be on a list of all-time greats, you just have to be consistent, right? That's like putting Drew Brees on the list because he had three good years of football, right? Let's just say if he threw for 5,000 yards three times, like would you put him on the list? Probably not. You know, like it is you put Drew Brees and you have him as an all-time great or the greatest New Orleans Saint because of the 15 years of consistency he had in the Saints uniform. To me, Reggie Bush, like I said, it would come and go. Like Reggie Bush would – take over one game and then you probably won't hear from him for a couple of weeks. Right. And somebody, somebody like Pierre Thomas would come in and play better than he did to me. If we want to be honest, 100% real, I think Pierre Thomas was a better player uh, with the Saints than Reggie Bush was. Uh, I'm just being honest. You know, I just think that it's about consistency. It's about your impact. I think that Pierre Thomas gave us more consistent moments than Reggie Bush. Man, I like them both. Like I said, but I wouldn't put them 
as the one of the greatest uh draft picks the Saints ever had. You know, I mean, I, I would, but he, he wouldn't be on, on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, who that you forgot about uh Sean Knight <laughs> being the worst draft pick in Saints history, a first round bust, even more than Jonathan Sullivan. Well, you know, we'll talk about that probably on another edition. You know, we want to give uh credit to the to the best. Uh, we'll probably break down some of the worst uh, later on in the week, um, but yeah, I, I have to agree, man. They, they, they had some, they didn't have some trash come through the Saints organization. I think we all can agree to that. Trash. Ryan says the guy that made the field goal uh, kicker and one game for us put us in the Super Bowl. Uh, talking about Garrett Hartley. <laughs> um, Garrett Hartley definitely is a, a you know. I don't want to call him all time great, but he gave us an, a great moment. You know, like I I separate great moments from from greatness. You know, I just feel like it's different. You know, like, I don't I don't consider guys great because they gave me a great moment. It has to be like overall body of work. Let's see, I miss Emmanuel Sanders, man. Well, well, John, I think we all do. You know, I think Emmanuel Sanders could have made a great impact with the Saints, but hey, man, money talk. Uh, you know, these guys, they'll play for you, but you got to pay them. And uh, the Saints didn't have enough money to keep them around. Therefore, he moves on to Buffalo, and I think he's going to have a lot of success out there. Brian says, thank you. Faith says, what's good? TJ, Tyree says, Drew Brees is number one all-time Saint, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. If we just talking about all time great Saints, I mean, that goes without saying. Drew Brees is the greatest. Okay, <laughs> I mean, Drew Brees the greatest New Orleans Saint of all time. All right, it, it, it's about who number two after that. You know, like it ain't it, it is is Drew Brees and then take your pick. Pasquale and Ricky Jackson, Willie Rolfe, my top three. Not mad at the picks right there. Uh, all those guys. Uh, Left for impact in New Orleans. Uh, not mad at the picks at all. Great players. Great players. Casual Dex, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Getting a shout out from Faith Bay's workplace. Greg says, I agree, tragic. I say the same thing. Kirkland says, what up, TJ? I'm late. Man, we just talking about some of the greatest Saint draft picks of all time. That, that's the topic of conversation. Uh, Bush was an all-time great special team. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll definitely put him in there. You know, one of the best dynamic, electrifying special teamers the Saints ever had. Yeah, I'll put him up there with that. But, I mean, when you're the second pick overall, I mean, don't expect for you to be the greatest special team. I expect for you to be the, one of the greatest players in Saints history. Uh, we need to trade up at 21 to get Caleb Farley or Greg Newsom. They might not be available at 28, but I like Asante Samuel Jr., I wouldn't be mad if we get uh if we draft him. Okay. Well, Tyrese, I feel this way. Um you're not gonna get a bunch of teams going after cornerback. So the Saints are going to be able to get a really good cornerback, uh, even if they don't move up or down. You know, teams need other positions. They need offensive linemen, they need defensive linemen, they need quarterbacks, right? They need running backs and wide receivers. So the Saints can easily get somebody at 28. Look, I'm not an advocate, not this year, of the New Orleans Saints trying to aggressively move up. Um, 
I just think that they need to stay in their place and, and draft players um, based on their needs. Now, we looked at, or you probably seen the clip at the beginning of the show, uh, the Saints, uh, you know, they moved around a little bit <clears throat> back in 2017 in order to produce some of those players, but it was in the late rounds. It wasn't in the first and it wasn't in the second round. They were able to get Marshawn Lattimore and they didn't have to move a spot. Uh, they were able to get Marcus Williams and they didn't have to move a spot. Like when you start getting into the third round, that's when you start, you know, uh, getting Azzalone and Trey Hendrickson. You had to move up, you know what I'm saying, Kamara. You had to move up to get those type of guys. But at the end of the day, all those guys were third-round draft picks, right? Uh, you know, Trey, uh, Alex Azzalone, third-round pick. Trey Hendrickson, third-round pick. Alvin Kamara, third-round pick. All those guys end up playing. So what that tells you right there, you can still find talented players in three rounds of football, all right? Just because these guys aren't always on your television screen, all, just because the scouts are not always talking about those guys does not mean that those guys won't be capable. You know, like there's still some really good players out there. This is a deep draft at wide receiver. This is a pretty deep draft when it comes to defensive back. So when you combine uh, the knees of the New Orleans Saints, you know, I think that they can actually, uh, you know, pick some very adequate and really good players where they are i'm not i'm not really a supporter of them moving up and i think they gotta i think they gotta make sure that they do their due diligence this draft yeah that's just my opinion faith says i agree with you on bush now that you broke it down tj i replaced bush with rofe well you know i mean if that's if that's your pick you know i'm not trying to persuade you you know if that's your pick that's your pick but um i like to tell people you know sometimes when you do these, you know, people at home be like, man, why they ain't select this person? Why they ain't select that person? You know, so if that's your pick, that's your pick. You know, like roll with it. But I like to let people know what, what my mind frame was and why I didn't pick that person. You know, but if that's who you like, you know, that's who you like. There's no right or wrong answer here. Like, you know, there's no correct way of putting it. Like, if that's your favorite player, you feel like that's your favorite draft pick, that's your favorite draft pick. Right? You know, uh, let's see. Let's go to Tory. Tory says, uh, who that TJ Pierre Thomas was a grinder, hard runner, didn't have blazing speed, but took a lot of those screen plays to the house every time. Yeah, I feel like uh, Pierre Thomas was well, one of the best screen runners I've ever seen. Like, uh, Mark Ingram, like later on in his career, uh, probably the last three years he played with the Saints, he, he was starting to emerge as one of those guys. But uh, Pierre Thomas, to me, man, like Pierre Thomas was a great screen runner. Now, you weren't going to – like, even if you you diagnose the screen play and you think that you're going to tackle Pierre Thomas in the backfield, he'll still get you about two or three yards. You know, and he, and he did a, such an outstanding job at reading his blocks. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was able to uh, maneuver through the blocks in order to get some, you know, big gains. So, uh, he definitely, to me, one of the best screen runners I've ever seen. You know, I've I seen teams run the screen a lot, but, I mean, his field vision was, like, remarkable. I would say Jackson and Rofe and Deuce and Coaster. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. Keen Arthur, thank you very much for the $3. Said, TJ, should we take a wide receiver, cornerback, or linebacker early? Uh, Keen Arthur, man, I'm rolling with the cornerback position uh, unless, you know, they, they decide to get Zayvon Collins. Now, if they get Zayvon Collins, then, you know, 
ain't got no problem with that. But if Javon Collins is gone, I think they need to go ahead and draft themselves a cornerback. So cornerback is, is should be on the menu <coughs> to me, you know. Uh, Cast the legend. Uh, thank you very much for becoming a uh, a supporter and a, a member of the you know State of Saints podcast on YouTube. Thank you so much, man, for uh, signing up. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Uh, Jerry says, doesn't matter to me uh, who the Saints get, linebacker, cornerback, but another offensive tackle. Hell to the no, 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 man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all, man. But Jerry, since I knew that you like Bishop Bullwinkle, Bishop Bullwinkle. Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't think they need to get an offensive lineman early. Uh, maybe later in the draft. I ain't got no problem with it, but you got bigger fish to fry than the offensive line. I think we can agree probably the strong the strong points of the New Orleans Saints is the offensive line, probably the strongest group they have, pending injury. Uh, the Saints are the only team after the merger to draft both offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. That, that's definitely true, you know. Uh, they march on Lattimore, Ryan Ramp, not not Ryan Ramchick, Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara. Uh, they were uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, you know, on the same team. You know, I don't think that was done since I want to say the Detroit Lions back in the fifties or the sixties or something like that. You got to go back last time that happened. Uh, the Young Blood forty six says, "What up, TJ? Do you think Brandon Cooks could have been great uh, had he checked his attitude?" Um. Yeah, I think I don't I don't know about great, but really good. Um, the one thing that the one thing that stopped Brandon Cooks from being really, really great was the fact that he didn't never get no yak. You know what I'm saying? I ain't talking about no cone yak. You know what I'm saying? I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about yards after the catch. Okay. Uh, when you think about what separates the goods from the great, <clears throat> it's always yards after the catch, right? Now if he gets behind you, you ain't catching him, right? I think we we seen that in that game uh, versus the Oakland Raiders. They were the Oakland Raiders at the time, right? You know, like we seen when he got behind the defender, you know, like it was it was over with. You know what I'm saying? When when he got past Reggie Nelson, that was a wrap, right? He, he, he going to burn you. But the thing about it is, like, when you're going through traffic and you catch the ball, like he ain't never break no tackles. And maybe it was because of his stature. But he had really good hands and he was fast. But here, here's the reality, folks. Um, they're going to come a time where you start to get older, you start to take them hits, and, you know, you start to slow down. And, you know what I'm saying, like, you got to be able to utilize your, your, you know, when you can't utilize your speed anymore, you got to be able to utilize your power. You got to be able to fight for those extra yards. So I feel like that's one of the issues that prohibit Brandon Cooks from being great. I don't think – I mean, I think his attitude was because he wanted to be great. Uh, you think about that, man. Some of the guys that have their attitudes be the ones that that are great. You know, even Michael Thomas, right? Michael Thomas, a lot of people, you know, think that he a little bit of an a-hole, right? But at the end of the day, he's a great player. And sometimes you got to have, like, that switch. And I don't knock him for having an attitude because he wants the football. He's a receiver. But I don't think that he would have been an all-time great. Rather, he would have stayed with the Saints or not. I think his I think his numbers would have been a lot better. 
uh, than they were, but uh, I don't think he would have been all time great. And honestly, I don't even think Brandon Cook's going to be in the league, much, you know, that long, you know, I think uh, due to those concussions and stuff like that, that he's been dealing with, uh, I think that's going to kind of stop his, uh, you know, his trajectory. I think he's going to continue to play, but he gets one more concussion, man. It, it might be a wrap because teams uh, tend to have like this, this bro code, um, you know, where, um, you know, if a player starts to get concussions, you know, uh, what's understood don't need to be explained. And guys, even though they're talented, uh, they may not get opportunities again. Uh, Keen Arthur, thank you very much for becoming a YouTube uh, member of the State of the Saints podcast. And, and the description is below, folks. You can go ahead and click on that, uh, you know, if you want to become a member of the State of the Saints podcast on on YouTube, uh, you know, it has the details of how you can become a member. You get exclusive uh, videos every single week, uh, you know, videos that normally, you know, you know uh, that won't be uploaded, you know, for everybody. I have a podcast strictly a topic for uh, members only. Rather, you're a member on YouTube or you're a member on Facebook. Uh, you get uh, exclusive content. So if you want exclusive content, uh, Go ahead and become a member or supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, Lasso says, uh, is it possible for Alvin Kamara to become an all-time great in a couple of years with the consistency of what he put up for us? Absolutely. See, that's the thing. You know, like, that's why I said, like, it's hard for me to put – it's hard for me to put a guy in an all-time great conversation because the book hasn't been written yet. You know, like – I. It, I put it like this, man. Like, you're not going to say that a movie is great soon as the credits, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to say the credits, but soon as the, you know what I'm saying, the beginning of the movie starts, right? When they tell you the name, oh, this movie is going to be great, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you got to see what's happening in the movie. You got to see what the plot is. You got to see what the twist is and all that kind of stuff all the way to the end of the movie. I just feel like these guys are in the beginning stages of the movie, right? You know what I'm saying? The characters are being introduced to us. And even though they probably did some really cool things, we don't know how the movie is going to end. So I think with a couple of years of consistency, yes, I do feel like he can be an all-time great. But it's hard for me, very, very hard for me, to put guys in an all-time great conversation if, you know, they're not done yet. Because I feel like they can, one, get into the conversation, or two, they can actually exceed expectations and, and their number can be even higher. So that's the way I feel about it. So it's hard for me to do that. Not that they aren't great players. It just, the story is not written yet. Hard for me to do that, man. Hard for me to do it. Tough, tough stuff right there. <clears throat> uh, why don't we trade our draft picks to the Atlanta Falcons for their quarterback? Uh, <laughs> nah. Ashley says, uh, can you talk about Drew Brees? Uh, Ashley, what would you like to know about Drew Brees? You know, what, what, what would you like to know? Um, you know, what, what would you want me to talk about when it comes to Drew Brees? Let me know. Uh, Damien says, what up, TJ? Just checking in with you, helping my sister move. I check the replay like always. Okay, Damien, man, you have a good day. Thank you for checking in. Uh, losing Orlando Brown to Kansas City is going to hurt. Yeah, man, Orlando Brown was a really offense, a really good offensive lineman. But at the same time, I mean, y'all got some draft capital in the process. So I think both teams win. 
And one thing I can say about the Baltimore Ravens, they do an outstanding job at drafting uh, offensive linemen, okay? Uh, well, I mean, I can't say this, though. Y'all don't have Ozzie Newsom there anymore, who is a guy who hits him out of the park and definitely one of the most underrated uh, front office people of all time. You know what I'm saying? Very underrated. You know what I'm saying? I don't think this guy get talked about too, enough. I think like once uh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and, and Jonathan Ogden and all them boys like started to go into the Hall of Fame, all of a sudden he started to get his comeuppance. But people wasn't talking about Isaac Newsom, man, who produced, who helped to put together one of the greatest defensive, uh, defensive packages, defensive uh, teams of all time. And this guy continues to make sure that the Baltimore Ravens have an identity on defense every single year. Plug and play, you know what I'm saying? Rather than Jimmy Smith, uh, you know what I'm saying? Rather than uh, A.A. Reed, you know what I'm saying? Rather it was uh, Jermaine Williams, you know what I'm saying? Rather it was, you know, getting guys like Ricky Williams and uh, Willis McGahee, you know what I'm saying, later on in their career and stuff like that to come there. Dude has done an outstanding job making Baltimore relevant, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like now that, you know, he kind of stepped down and, got the other guys in there, I, I feel like there's going to be a change of the guard because, you know, I think that's the one thing that can hurt uh, Baltimore is them trying to change their identity. You know, it seems like to me, as much as I like Lamar Jackson, I think that they try to transition to an offensive team a little bit too much and and they're trying to get away from something that actually made them, which is great defense. Now, their defense is always good. Like, you ain't running on them and good luck trying to pass on them cats. But, um, I do feel like they're trying to make this a more of a of a Lamar Jackson friendly team, but that's not who they are, you know. And I think that's kind of what happened with Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh kind of got away from that. They wanted it to be a a Big Ben team, offensive firepower team. But when the heck has Pittsburgh ever been a great offense? Like I ain't never I ain't never heard Pittsburgh being in the top ten, top fifteen, and offenses nowhere. You know what I'm saying? They always have an okay average offense and a hell of a defense that, you know what I'm saying, that you couldn't do anything on, you know. So as long as they stay true to themselves, they'll be okay. But at least y'all got some draft capital where y'all can actually build on, uh, you know, build on what y'all actually lost. So I'm not I'm not mad at that. I mean, y'all still got uh, – y'all still got some good players out there, man. Let's see. Are you still live? Uh, yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs> Let's see. I agree. Let's see. Uh, Ramsey said, yo, TJ, what's up, bro? The games of the week, again, are the Dunn, uh, Tannenberg, and Beyond the Wire, all shooting, irrealistic. We're done. And Tannenberg, or Council, and PC, uh, MB on the Wire. Only PC, it's in beta. Okay, well, that's, you know, Ramsey checking in with the game of the week. Man, I got a game of the week, uh, <laughs> MLB The Show. You know, I've been playing MLB The Show uh, for the last couple of days. Man, I am very excited about the game. And also, man, I've been on the NHL, NHL 21. Um, I, I've gotten this uh, game pass with Xbox. And, you know, when I have some downtime a little bit, you know, so I've been playing. And I must say MLB The Show, kind of addicted to that game right now, man. So right now I'm trying to take the, the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates uh, to the World Series, okay? Uh, good luck with that, you know, I, I mean, wish me luck with that, 
$67 million uh, salary they got. So it's not very easy. But nevertheless, man, we we in that thing. Um, you know, we, we lost about 22 games. You know what I'm saying? We won about 35. You know what I'm saying? But we try to get these boys to the World Series. But uh, MLB the show, man, I've been on there pretty hard, man. I'm I'm glad that you know they put it on Xbox. Um, that, that's a great that's a great baseball game. Terrence said Alvin Kamara number one and Marcus Colston number two. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I gotta say Marcus Colston is our greatest late round draft pick. But uh, I think he yeah I think he the greatest not only ours I think he the greatest seven round pick of all time man somebody find me a, a better seven round pick all time than marcus coasting i don't know man he, he up there you know what i'm saying i'm pretty sure they had some good uh seven round picks but he definitely got to be in the top five top ten somewhere oh man you got nhl uh 21 i have to buy uh that next payday i got xbox one as well well if you get the game pass and they only take out what is like four 4.99 a month you get it for free. You know, that's how I play it, man. I got the game pass, you know. So, yeah, I got NHL 21, man. I've been playing with the Winnipeg Jets, okay. Uh, I always try to play with teams, you know what I'm saying, like uh, that kind of struggle a tad bit. Um, I, I'm still trying to learn the ropes. Um, I got a losing record in that. I think I'm like five and seven or something like that. But, yeah, I've been playing NHL 21, man, playing with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh Glasgow says, yo, TJ, I think that we should try uh, to only get one good wide receiver and then draft heavily on defense. We have to be a deep, talented team like we were for the last few years. Uh, yeah, man, look, I think that anybody that they draft at the wide receiver position, uh, Sean Payton is going to do a really good job to make it work. Uh, I think that Sean Payton has done an outstanding job in the past. Uh, no matter who the wide receiver is, he always finds a ways to utilize their strengths. Uh, I don't feel like the Saints are going to be handicapped when it comes to down the field. Uh, I think that some of the players that the Saints actually have on the roster uh, will be making a whole hell of a lot of noise uh, this season. You know, now that the fact that these guys can actually get vertical and some of these guys' strength can be utilized now, you know, I think that we are looking at these guys based on what we actually seen in the last couple of years. But when you build the team, you try to make those players uh, – comfortable for the quarterback right so a lot of the routes that these guys were running was because of the limitations of drew Brees. but now you have somebody like Jameis winston and even with Taysom hill guys that can actually throw the ball over the heads of the defenders uh when you have a guy like deontay harris out there when you got a guy like traquan smith guys that can actually fly right you know i think that we can get these guys a little bit more credit and you might even see some players that we didn't never see step up to step up because of this. So I think a lot of people are basing their logic on what they've seen uh, these wide receivers do with Drew Brees as the quarterback. And no disrespect to Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees going to make it work. Uh, but a lot of times these guys probably have, uh, you know, in the words of Drew Brees, uh, more tools in their toolbox, uh, but they're not being used because Drew Brees' uh, toolbox was a little bit empty at the time. So I say give these guys some credit, give these guys an opportunity to, to see what they can do with another quarterback that can actually throw the ball down the field and that can actually kind of strike some fear in defenses when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. 
is made by Sony and Microsoft MLB the show. Yeah, I know that that's the first thing that comes up. You know, it talks. It's funny uh, watching a PlayStation game <laughs> on an Xbox, but nevertheless, I mean, look, I'm just glad that it's there. It's definitely a really good baseball game. I, I love playing that game. You know, and I don't know, man. I, I don't. I guess because one thing I do like about those games, the baseball games, is because you can play them, and unlike you know, what I'm saying like Madden and stuff like that, it's not so quick and fast and stuff like that. Got to think on your feet. Like I, I just like it, it's a real chill game. You know what I'm saying? Like base those baseball games be like really chill games, and it's about strategy. You know what I'm saying? It's about strategy. You can think about other things and. You have a lot of other things on your mind while you're playing. I actually enjoy it, man. That and um, that and NHL. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I don't really watch hockey, so a lot of the things that I do in the game, I'm learning about hockey. You know, as, as I play. So, but it's fun, man. I enjoy those type of games. You know, it's, it's fun to get away from, you know, the Madden sometimes and stuff like that, and play games that, you know, that are, that are different. I'm wondering what Lamar Jackson uh, thought about uh, that decision. Uh, I think he had a lot to do with that decision, Jules, to be honest, which uh, when you have one of the fastest, most elusive quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, <laughs> sometimes teams be like, well, you know, he'll get away from that defender. You know, that's what they think about. And then maybe they ain't think, maybe they thinking about possibly paying him. You know, like you got to think about that too. Right. So if they get rid of if they get rid of him, you know, what I'm saying offensive lineman, move him to Kansas City, they get draft picks. That means those draft picks are going to be on rookie deals and that's making room for him to get paid big money. So he probably was in the conversation and in their thought patterns when they decided to get rid of him. You know, so I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. Right. When you're a great quarterback, teams got to make decisions to keep you. And sometimes it's those offensive linemen uh, that they get rid of first because they feel like they can actually draft a guy, develop him, and put him on the line. So, Jules, I mean, I, I just I, I think they're going to be okay, you know, and I think that Lamar Jackson elusiveness probably played a huge role. That and, and the fact that they want to pay him. Uh, who that TJ from the original Ramsey glad to finally be able to catch you live draft week is finally here and I'm excited. Do you think that we get a running back in the third or fourth round? Uh, I would be surprised if the saints uh, get a, a, if if they get a running back in the third round, uh, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see that happening, man. I, I think that they are very comfortable with the running back room that they have. The only way I can see the Saints drafting a running back if they're thinking about getting rid of Latavius. I said that on the last episode. That that's the only that's the only way I see um, them being able to uh, you know draft a running back if they're thinking about maybe moving Latavius to save some money. Uh, but thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And State of the Saints podcast is brought to you uh, by Manscaped. Manscaped is the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And we know that we're a couple days away from the NFL draft. And and with the first pick of the men's grooming draft, the Ball Saxonville Sagwars select Manscaped. Manscaped, over 2 million men uh, choose Manscaped for all their grooming needs. Uh, Mel Kuyper gave it an A-plus for its quality. 
And I got a special offer for you. Uh, if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code State of Saints, that's all one word, State of Saints, you will save 20% off your purchase. And for all my people listening around the world, not in the United States, there's free international shipping. So check it out, manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off. Also, a special thank you to our other sponsors, Everlast. Since 1910, Everlast has been a trusted name in all MMA and combat sports. Well, you see some of the most famous boxers in the world. Saul Canelo Alvarez, he uses Everlast, as well as former heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. So you go to Everlast.com and check out some of their items that they have available. <clears throat> and also a special shout out to Cash App, working with them for the month of April. Uh, Cash App, the number one in um, wire transfers. Uh, everybody knows mostly about the Cash App, but if you don't, download Cash App uh, and you'll be able to transfer money to your family and your friends. Uh, nobody on that scheme and stuff, okay? No, no, no scamming around here, okay? But uh, Cash App is definitely uh, the number one choice, all right? And if you want to uh, donate to the State of the Saints podcast, uh, you can use the profile name, dollar sign State of Saints. So if you don't want to uh, donate through Super Chat or through Facebook, you can always use dollar sign State of Saints. Now, back to the show. Jules says offensive lineman is a diamond in a rough. Yeah, that's true, but like I said, man, you got to be able to pay that quarterback. Let's go say I totally agree, bro. Uh, he is a great uh, pair for Mike T. I got to see who we talking about here. Who we talking about is a um, a great choice. Uh, Anna, uh, thank you very much uh, for subscribing. Y'all give a shout out to Anna, who's a new um, who's a new subscriber. Y'all give her a shout out. Tyree says Mike better start running deep routes. He can still run slants, uh, Jerry routes. Uh, look, I don't have no problem with what route he runs. Look, man, I, man, look, I don't care. Like, we we fall into this little trap where everybody, you know what I'm saying, talks about Michael Thomas and laughs. I can care less. If the man is being productive and he running slant routes, and as long as he's catching the ball, I can care less. All right? Look, I, I was watching the episode. I, I feel like this, this is crazy, but I feel like this relates to what I'm talking about here, right? So uh, I was watching Doug yesterday, right? I was watching Doug on Disney with my son. And there was an episode where Doug uh, went to sports camp because he was trying to get close to Patty Mayonnaise, right? And Doug, anybody that follows Doug, watch the cartoon, know that Doug is not athletic at all, right? But uh, Doug, uh, summer camp was taking on a rival summer camp. And he was uh, trying to work on his free throws. And he was trying to shoot the ball, you know what I'm saying, with the flick of the wrist, he was missing. But turns out that he, he want, you know what I'm saying, when he shoots the ball underhanded, Jerry West style, he was making it. And, you know, so Doug had an issue with it because he worried so much about people laughing at him shooting the ball underhanded that he wanted to look cool and try to shoot it with the wrist and miss, right? You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you know, who cares? Like, he, he figured it out. He's like, who cares how crazy he looks as long as the team is happy with the result, which is winning. You know what I'm saying? So my point is, and I can't believe I just used a Doug an, uh, example for this, but who cares if all he does is run slants? Who cares? As long as at the end of the day, they're getting results. 
Yeah, I mean, who cares? Like, it don't like just because the dude ain't running deep routes. Who cares about being cool? Like, who cares at the end? Of, like, I don't care if I can't. You know what I'm saying? I ain't taking the top off the defense. If I'm slicing you up, running slants, and I'm still getting 12 catches for a buck 25, two touchdowns. Who cares? Like, who do I have to prove anything to? And, and honestly, if he's doing – all he's doing is running slants, this is what people don't understand, right? Look, if I'm telling you that, you know what I'm saying, that I'm going to run a slant, if I'm telling you and you know what I'm going to do and I'm still killing you with it, what that say about you and what that say about me? That means that I'm I'm damn good, right? You know, it's like – Man, some people probably have seen this movie Express, right? The Express with uh, Ernie Davis, right? And they were playing West Virginia. And, they, you know, it was during a time when racial tensions was high and stuff like that. They was throwing beer bottles at, at Ernie Davis and the black players on the team. And, you know, they, they were running like a, a stretch play. And he just yelled out the play. He said, same play, same play. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ran the same exact play. They knew he was about to run the same stretch play. And he burned them for it. So who cares? That's what a lot of people are understanding. If you know this dude is running slam routes, if you know all he's doing is running slants, as you say, then why you can't stop it? Why you can't jam him at the line of scrimmage? Why you can't knock him off the route? Why is he still catching 12 passes for 120 plus yards? Why is he still having 149 catches? Why is he still leading the league and receiving yards? If all he runs is slants, who cares how it looks? As long as you get the results you want, I don't care about that. I who, who cares? Like honestly, the only reason we feel this way is because all these other teams talking about them, right? Calling them slant boy, all this stuff that oh, I can care less. You know what I'm saying? Like I guarantee you, they laugh at this dude now. But give these dudes the opportunity. Let's see if their GM called up the Saints and they they acquired the services of a Michael Thomas and see how happy. They would be. If the Falcons right now, they laugh at man, he ain't better than Julio, he ain't better than Kelvin, really. Let Ter- uh, Terry Fontenot call up the Saints and they work out a deal for Michael Thomas to go to the Falcons. Them boys would be jumping off, they would be defending Michael Thomas to the death. The only reason why they still be criticizing the guy is because they can't stop him. You know, like that's that just all there is to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a, a guy that's a set shooter in a gym, right? You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody on him, but he's shooting three. He's like, man, look, bro, you ain't all that. Man, you just – people just leaving you open because the rest of your team makes the truth. Like, who cares? He's still getting results. He's still getting buckets. This man is still doing it at a high level, which I just don't understand. I don't care about style points. You don't, you don't, get, extra, you don't get extra points for running a deep route. You don't run, you know, you don't get extra points for running stretches and, and you know what I'm saying, in street routes. I mean, is there some extra points? Do you get eight points? I mean, or do you get seven points instead of six points for, for a nine route? Somebody let me know. I, I don't care. You shouldn't care. The dude is a beast. And the fact that he got 1,700 yards just running slants, do you understand how incredible that is? So obviously, he don't all, he, like, let them, Run with that narrative. Let them run with it. Let them run with it. Let them skip with it. Let them hop with it. But at the end of the day, this man is going to slant his way to Canton, the way that his, his career is going right now. Period. I, I don't care about that.
I don't care about that, man. Where's everyone? We got 34 watching now. Uh, y'all hit that like button. Uh, Jerry, they probably got 30, you know, probably, I think this is based on YouTube. I mean, but this, this show gets like blasted across like so many other platforms. So they probably got 34 on YouTube, but they probably watching other places as well. And if, even if not, man, I don't care. You know, like I'm, I'm just glad that y'all enjoying the show. It's not, it's not my focal point. Uh, he would be getting paid. Uh, please don't get me started with the Atlanta Saints. <laughs> That's why his name is Can't Guard Mike. Callaway. Yeah, Marquez Callaway. Uh, e. Jones, who's my brother, who's also a supporter of State of Saints podcast, says, Evening Fellow Who That's. Give him a shout out. Jerry said, That's what Big Q and TSC called the Falcons, the Atlanta Saints. Go figure. <laughs> Yeah, man, Atlanta, look, look, they can't talk about the Saints, man, because you all are using Saints players to try to make yourself better. So they can't say nothing about it. It's always noodle on breeze, but then wonder why he's only running slants. Um, man, look, I don't, I don't know why all he's doing is running slants, but i tell you what, um, based on the limitations of Drew Brees, I think people better thank God that dude can get off the line of scrimmage hand fighting with uh, cornerbacks. Because you see with those other receivers, they can't do it like he can. So I think that uh, Michael Thomas is an exceptional football player. I think anybody who uh, gets jammed at the line of scrimmage when you're trying to run a a five-yard slant um, and trying to run a quick slant and people jamming you at the line of scrimmage, you still catching the football – Y'all just don't know how incredible that is. People that play football, people that play receiver, people that play defensive back, safety, nickel, y'all know what I'm talking about. If if you're jamming a guy at the line of scrimmage with all the force that you can, pushing him back, trying to disrupt his route, and this guy still catches the ball while you jamming him, and he's still getting yards, and he, like, bruh, when you got defenders that close on you and you still catching the football, that's incredible. Uh, my brother EJ says, I just came, but TJ is uh, lathered up about something. What the Falcons do now? <laughs> uh, now nah, I'm not, um, not I'm not even talking about them. I was mostly talking about Michael Thomas, man, and how, you know, how people like give him a hard time about, you know, they saying all he running slant routes. And the point I was trying to make is like, you don't get style points based on the routes you run, you know? The, the overall objective is for you to catch the ball, uh, to sustain drives, or to catch touchdowns, right? That That's the objective. As long as you're doing that, shouldn't be no problem. Drew says Sean Payton uh, should have let him break the record against Minnesota. Mm, yeah, but hey, we're talking about Alvin Kamara. You know, I don't know. I don't know why Sean didn't do that. Uh, e. Jones, they stole our sponsor uh, to their new stadium. And let them have it. Uh, Mike T going to shine this year bigger than ever before. Going to be hard for defenses to know when he's going deep or on a slant. I agree. Uh, my Saints quarterback list, one Breeze, two Brooks, three Bobby, four man, overrated. Ha! <laughs> oh, man, you putting uh, – okay, 
Aaron Brooks can't be. I'm I'm sorry, man. I know. Look, that's probably somebody that would never be on this show. Uh, if he is, then we'll probably have ourselves a strong conversation. But um, <laughs> I, I can't put Aaron Brooks in my top nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like I just can't. Like I understand he was the first Saint quarterback to lead the Saints to the to the playoffs and win, and you know not lead them to the playoff, but actually win a playoff game. I was at that game. I always say that, but not a fan, man. Not a fan. Man, as a matter of fact, I, I, ironic, somebody bitched at Eric Brooks. I was, uh, last night, uh, I was watching a YouTube video, and I was, you know, watching Chris Berman. I don't know, man. I was just thinking about uh, Chris Berman, how much I miss him as a play by, you know, calling, like, NFL primetime every single week. I mean, he still does it, like, sporadically, but so, you know, he used to do this segment called The Fastest Three Minutes. And I think I, I looked up The Fastest Three Minutes back in 2004. And ironically, uh, the New Orleans Saints and Aaron Brooks, New Orleans Saints, were taking on Drew Brees and the San Diego Chargers. And it was the, it was the uh, game where Aaron Brooks threw the ball backwards. <laughs> And I think Drew Brees had like three touchdowns and they just completely like just wiped the Saints off the field, 43 to 17. But it just made me, it just reminded me, man, like how, I don't know, man, like how lackadaisical and, you know, I don't know, man. I'm just not a fan of Aaron Brooks, man. Especially like, like the his thoughts about after Hurricane Katrina, all that damn smiling after throwing interceptions, like what the hell? Are you smiling at? Like, what are you smiling at, dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, who gave you this advice? Like, what therapist did you go to to tell you to smile and let your smile be your umbrella? Look, it's raining right now. You know what I'm saying? Let the raindrops hit your face and for you to realize that it's raining. I mean, what the hell are you smiling about? Like, I I, I never understood that. Like, did he want us to see his, you know what I'm saying, his veneers? You know what I'm saying? Did he want to, you know? Like nobody cares about your Louis, your Louis Armstrong satchmo smile after you threw three interceptions. We ain't happy. We ain't smiling. The hell are you smiling for? You know, I think that was the biggest issue. Maybe if he didn't smile and he threw the interceptions, maybe I wouldn't have no issue with him. But the fact that you look at like Satchmo out there on the on the NFL field, just I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way, man. So I can't never put this dude on my list. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. You can't be smiling. You can't be smiling like that, man. I'm, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I was his teammate. We'll have a problem. Uh, who that Fitzgerald says cooking me on uh, some fire white beans? Uh, okay, with some pickled meat <laughs> and D&D smoked sausage on this good old Monday. <laughs> and man, that, that's some good eating right there, boy. That's some good eating. <laughs> All right, um, Rob McCoy said Jeff Blake was better than Brooks. Thank you. Jim Hasler uh, was in love with Brooks, though. Never allowed Blake to recapture uh, his starting spot. Yeah, because they was winning. They was winning, you know, when he came in. But people failed to mention that the Saints had a really damn good defense with Leroy Glover, Joe Johnson, Norman Hand, and Sammy Knight out there. Guys that the Saints didn't want to pay, by the way. And guys that you probably could have built your team around if Tom, if Tom Benson, God rest his soul, wasn't so damn cheap. You know, you could have probably built your team around. Like, can you imagine, though? I understand that these guys probably would have just been, you know, a little bit up there, you know, in age. But can you imagine if the Saints would have kept 
Leroy Glover, Joe Johnson, Sammy Knight, and Norman Hayne all those years instead of allowing those guys to go somewhere else. Can you imagine how good that team would have been? Like, I don't know. Let's just say, for example, if Jim Hasley got fired, you know what I'm saying, you and you, you plug in Sean Payton as an offensive-minded coach and you have your anchors on defense and Joe Johnson and Leroy Glover. Can you imagine how good the Saints would have been? But wishful thinking, right? Aaron Brooks and Anthony Davis killed any goodwill they had in New Orleans. Uh, both were clashless with their exit. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, that that's definitely the truth. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, though, man, look, I'm going to have a special edition of the State of the Swag podcast here on the State of the Saints podcast uh, on tomorrow, man. Having a special guest. Uh, some of you probably know this guy. He works with ESPN. He does most of the commentating uh, for uh, HBCU games. Uh, Jay Walker. Jay Walker will be on the State of the Swag, but I will be streaming live uh, on the State of the Saints podcast uh, YouTube channel. So uh, anybody that's interested in that, that interview, man, feel free to uh, check it out. Really excited about that, man. It's going to be tomorrow uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So just thought that uh, if if you're into HBCU football, it's going to be a special edition of the State of the Swag. Uh, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, they say they don't know where to find a channel sometimes. And and I just thought that it would be cool, you know what I'm saying, to bring, you know, just, just to show you, you know, what we actually do. You know, like I, I love HBCU football, graduate of Jackson State University, and uh, we're going to top it up with Jay Walker on tomorrow, okay? I don't know. I don't think he knows. I don't know if he knows too much about NFL football. He follows it, but thought it would be interesting to have him on the show. Let's see. The heavy lunch bunch were formidable. Yeah, that was a really good defense. It would irk me uh, when I would see Aaron Brooks in the club at the, <laughs> at the WTC cheesing, uh, same night tossing three picks. Yeah, man, that, that that's where – that's why I draw the line. Like I said, maybe I have some respect for him if he didn't throw all those damn, you know what I'm saying, if, if he didn't smile when he was throwing those interceptions. Maybe I would feel, maybe I would feel differently towards him. And for those that just tuned in, the topic of conversation was, was at the top, uh, who were the best Saints draft picks of all time? Who is on your Mount Rushmore of Saints draft picks? I know a lot of people probably tuned in a little bit late. You know, tune in a little bit late. Jew says, I would uh, let him break that all-time record. I was thinking, what's happening? Man, Aaron Brooks is, you know, I'm sorry, man. It would be like, it would be, a, if Aaron Brooks was to ever come on this show, man, we'll have a, we'll have to have, a, a like, a real conversation. Like, I would have to, like, I would have to ask him, like, some tough questions, you know. I don't want to say I dislike the guy because I don't know him. Um, he just left a bad taste in my mouth because – he almost had like this, this arrogance about him. And then like towards the tail end, it's like, you know, you weren't that good, but you didn't care. Cause you like, well, I'm still getting this money. I I don't know, man. I would, I would have to have a, a real conversation. And like I said, he don't owe me nothing. You know what I'm saying? He don't like have to come on the show. I mean, this man made more money than I can dream about. But at the end of the day, I, I just don't respect him. I just didn't respect him. You know what I'm saying? Like as as a quarterback, I didn't. Um, I think that was very classless, like the way he left New Orleans and some of the things that he actually did, like on his way out. Like 
it, it tells a lot about a person's character, right? Now, I know the Saints were horrible, right? And and be that as it may, I mean, the things that they were going through, uh, Hurricane Katrina, uh, they only, I think they were 3-13 that year, his last season. But, man, you're, you're, the, you're the quarterback, the captain of the team. Now, you can at least show some class, right? You complaining about training conditions and all that kind of stuff and people trying to pick up the pieces of their life. Can't respect you after that, man. Like, you're acting like he was the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. He did with the uh, New Orleans Saints their first playoff game. Look, I don't give a damn what he did. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. Like, you can win as many games as you want to, but you still can be a trash-ass human being. I'm sorry. Like, I don't have respect for him. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, the way that he left this organization, the way that, you know what I'm saying, like he just seemed like he was just so cavalier, careless. Like, I don't give a damn if he put up what type of numbers he put up. I'm not a fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not telling nobody else to not be a fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm not telling you, but to me, to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, he don't get no playoff in my ride. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't I, I don't care what he did. Like, it, it's it's certain people. <clears throat> it's certain people that I don't have too much respect for. Like, one person is him. Another person is Jimmy Graham. That's just me. Like, I, I just feel like, I don't know, man. Once you, once you show me how soft you really are and you show me how how careless you really are like it's hard for me to bounce back from that like I, I can't think of you the same way now you can right the wrongs but to me I just feel like the way that he left a city that I love like this ain't nothing like I look I'm a Saints fan but I was born in New Orleans you know what I'm saying like that's my city you know what I'm saying and, and I know what people were going through being displaced of trying to pick up the piece of their life. And I said this on several occasions. New Orleans, the Saints, was the thing that drew us together, that brought us together as fans. Some of us never went back to New Orleans after Katrina. And during that particular time in 05, the only thing that was normal to us was watching the Saints. Some of us were watching the Saints in mobile homes. Some of us was watching the Saints at the Salvation Army sleeping on some damn tents. And the fact that that dude's just sit up there and in and, and such a disgraceful manner, disrespected what was going on. And I understand you're star athletes. You want these great conditions and all that kind of stuff. But for you to be on some old prima donna-ish, I, I can't roll with you, bro. I, I, I can't roll with you. Can't roll with you, man. I don't care what you did. I don't care if you broke every record. I don't care if you broke every record imaginable. I don't care how many games you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's my city. Those are my people. And you know what I'm saying? When my people hurt, I'm hurt. And I can't roll with you. Can't roll with you, bro. Sorry. I don't care what he did. Never been on my list. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can be on y'all list, but I'll give him, you know what I'm saying, credit. He won the same first playoff game. Gave me that really good moment. I was in the Superdome. You know what I'm saying? I remember when Akeem dropped the ball. I remember all that. I remember Willie Jackson going off about four touchdowns in that game. I remember that. But he he gets no, no respect from me at all. 
None. Like I'm just being dead. I'm being dead serious, folks. Uh, top five running back: Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Delvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. Uh, there ain't nothing wrong with that list right there. Uh, I would probably put Derrick Henry at the top of the list, um, followed by Chris McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Take your pick. Uh, Delvin, Delvin Cook, I would put at like four, and Saquon, I would put at five. Those two guys, no disrespect to Delvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, but uh, they injured too much for me, man. They, they, they deal with too many injuries. The rest of those guys are pretty dependable. So, but ain't nothing wrong with that. That's, that's a pretty, that's a really good list. Uh, Wayne Martin was an underrated player that was drafted. Uh, I would say Marcus Colston is the important draft pick of the last 20 or 30 plus years. Yeah, I think I don't say he's the most important E, but uh, I think that he he was the, the greatest steal. Okay, why did the New Orleans Saints put him in a Hall of Fame? The Saints put him in a Hall of Fame because there wasn't much to choose from, dude. Like, let's let's like let's let's stop pretending like the New Orleans Saints have like this great lineage of great players. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's stop pretending like the New Orleans Saints just have like this great history. Like now, if you've been following the Saints from 06 on back, okay, cool. They starting to produce like some of these all-time great players, players that not only are great with the Saints organization, but great in the NFL. But just because he's in the Saints Hall of Fame, that's not saying much, dude. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm just being real. The Saints, if we start like we start thinking about players from 1967 on to like 2000 around the time he played, not many, not many to choose from, right? Like it wasn't hard to select Willie Rolfe, Ricky Jackson. Archie Manning to be the first three players in the ring of honor. Who else you going to pick? Who else you going to pick? You can throw Pat Swindler up in there. Maybe Avon Johnson, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody like that. But come on, man. Let's not act like the Saints have this rich tradition. You know what I'm saying? Let's not act like this, you have to, like this, this, this rich tradition. Like knock it off. Like knock it off. Like anybody that think Eric Brooks was a good quarterback, you must don't know what good quarterbacks are. Sorry. Sorry, man. Like Aaron Brooks was not a good quarterback. Aaron Brooks had like one good year. And that's when, you know what I'm saying, they lead the Saints to the playoffs. And I don't even want to say he led them to the playoffs. The Saints defense was like top three that year. Top three. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was like basically they had they had a young, you know what I'm saying? Like they had a young, you know what I'm saying, a vaunting defense, and they ran a football. And all he did, you know what I'm saying? Like, he put the ball in the air a couple of times or whatever like that. But the dude had one good freaking year. Everything else was mediocre. Average at best. Dude can put the ball, like, he, he had one of the tightest spirals you ever want to find. But the dude was not very good. Okay? Facts. Go go look it up. Dude was not very good. Dude, you know, like, come on, man. If we, like, <laughs> I, I think anybody that, that compares – you know, that, that looks at Aaron Brooks as a great quarterback, like, I don't know, man. Dude, dude was not very good. Dude, dude was not very good. Dude led the Saints to a playoff game. That's like saying Trent Dilfer was a was a great quarterback or a good quarterback because he led the Baltimore Ravens to a Super Bowl. He did not. You know what I'm saying? Like, that defense led to them. He just so happened to be there. Like how many? I, like somebody tell me about Aaron Brooks' late game heroics. Like somebody tell me about Aaron Brooks. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like really taking a game and putting the team on his back. Like I watched a lot of Aaron Brooks. 
know what I'm saying? If that defense wasn't playing lights out that game, he couldn't he couldn't do anything about it. If they if they went up against the St. Louis Rams, he couldn't go toe to toe with Kurt Warner. And them couldn't. If if the defense could stop Marshall Falk, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, and them, the Saints were going to lose. If if a team goes up fourteen, that most likely the Saints weren't going to win that game. Somebody tell me about that. Like if you if we want to be one hundred in the first half of that game, the Saints dominated the Rams, right? Second half, they couldn't even move the football. The Rams started to slowly come back. The fact that we had to hope and pray and wish that Akeem dropped the ball, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that could have easily been one of the biggest playoff collapses in NFL history. You know? Dude, dude was not a good quarterback. We can do a poll. I guarantee you, be like, if Darren Brooks is a good quarterback, I guarantee you, knows are going to win. Uh, if Aaron Brooks was that good, then why did he throw a backwards pass again? Like, man, man, Aaron Brooks is not a good quarterback. That's not, that's not even an opinion. That's a fact. When Aaron Brooks came in after Jeff Blake went down, he played so well, I honestly thought he was going to be the savior. Oh, how he proved me wrong over the next couple of years. Dude had one good year. One, <laughs> Eric Brooks was never the same after he got that big money. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I'm saying, man. Like, dude, dude, man, dude was wolf tickets. You know what I'm saying? Smoking mirrors, like, for real. Dude was not good. One game I will never forget, Saints versus Redskins 2001, man, threw three to four interceptions in that game, and it was at the Dome. I got to watch some tape on Aaron Brooks. I heard of him, but never watched him. You ain't missing much, bro. You ain't missing much. You ain't missing much. We'll never forget Aaron Brooks smiling. Aaron Brooks was, Aaron Brooks was not a good quarterback. You know, like, that's such low-hanging fruit right there. Like, for real. Like, like who are you comparing him to? You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Like, look look at this right here. Okay, you're, you're not bringing up Billy Joe. Look, look at who you were comparing him to. Look at it. Like, okay, in that regards, he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to put him in that category, yeah. But what are we talking about? What? Like, what are we talking about here? That's like that's like me saying, um, Stony Case, um, Jeff Garcia, um, let's see, uh, Steve DeBird, and I don't know, um, somebody give me somebody else out there. You know what I'm saying? Jake Plummer or something. And I'm like, who the best out of those guys? Of course, it's probably Jeff Garcia. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, who am I comparing them to? Stoney Case throw more picks than Razor Ramon. You know what I'm saying? Like, like all these guys, you know what I'm saying, throw multiple interceptions. Who are you comparing them to? Like Aaron Brooks, like that he like if this is what we're looking at, he's a big fish in a little pond. But who are you comparing him to? Like if I'm comparing him to like quarterbacks that played in his era, right? Let, let's just look at the, the era in which he played. Was he better than Troy Eggman? No. Was he better than Kurt Warner? No. Uh was he better than um I'm trying to think of people that was in his division? He wasn't like he wasn't better than uh, you know, it's Chris Chandler. 
You know what I'm saying? Like we looking at the same division. Uh, he wasn't better than any of those guys. You know, man, like, I mean, who was he better than in, in the 2000s? Who was, who was he better than? Somebody please tell me. Somebody please tell me who was this dude better than? Who are we talking about? Uh, I think anytime your first and second string quarterbacks are both named Billy Joe, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Not, not at all. But that's what you get for trying to put that's what you that what you get for trying to put a, a guy, you know, in the game to try to make him work. DeLome and Vic. And now you go right there. You had Steve DeLome, I mean Jake DeLome. Man took Pats to the Super Bowl. But you're around this thing messing around with you you're around this thing messing around with <laughs> Aaron Brooks. All those Brooks, uh you know, Abel and DeLome lovers used to kill me. They must have not uh, been watching the rest of the NFL. Look, Jake Long in the Super Bowl. Okay. Jake Long went to Super Bowl. And Jake DeLone was on a team. You know, he was on a team with Aaron Brooks. So you actually had, even if he wasn't gonna be that good, right? You still had a guy that was more serviceable as a backup than Aaron Brooks was. Gil Finity and Mario Bates were trash. <laughs> Govan Dunbar was elite. <laughs> Yeah, Gil fitted it, man. That boy stayed fumbling the football, man. Stayed coughing it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, Mario Bates, I won't say he was trash, but uh, wasn't very good. Okay, wasn't very good. All right. The only thing, the only thing, if the only thing I can remember about you is that you had uh, liver spots. Um, it's not a very good thing. Uh, he was better than Quincy Carter. Okay. And uh, somebody, please tell me what they say. Uh, you know, please tell me what the Cowboys record was at that time. Virtually identical with the Saints. Didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> Probably won more games than the Saints. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's about right. <laughs> so 30, <laughs> 31 and 32. Okay. Take take your pick. 31 or 32. Uh, Gil Finity reference on the state of the Saints. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boy, how far have we come? Uh, TJ, I think I remember someone asking Mike Dicker uh, what went wrong during the tenure. He said, I underestimated the importance of the quarterback position. Uh, yeah. Man. That because. That because he never had to worry about it when he was out in Chicago. Man, I just thought about them liver spots. I'm dying here, man. I'm serious, man. Mario, Mario Bates, man. Mario Bates was a poor, poor, Great Depression, 1929, Deuce McAllister, okay? A poor, poor, poor man. Like, you know how, like, you ever pick up that card on Monopoly, and then you have the Monopoly man with both of his pockets turned inside out and he ain't got no money? That's what Mario Bates was, if you're looking at uh, Deuce McAllister. Okay, that's what he was. He was that poor of a Deuce McAllister. Uh, TJ, you, uh, TJ, you would be jumping like a kangaroo when James Winston take us to the Super Bowl. Um, I definitely would. You know, like definitely would have no problem with that. Look, I want. Look, I don't want. I don't want nobody to think this. I don't want no player from the Saints to to fail. Okay, I don't want none of them to fail. I want them all to be successful. 
I don't care who is bigger as a quarterback. I, I have my preference. Who would I believe? Who they were going to be? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? But uh, I can care less. If they win a Super Bowl, I don't care who they get. I don't care if they go get. I don't, I don't care if they go get. Um, I don't know, man. Get Rodney Pete out of retirement. He played quarterback. Look, check it out. You know, I don't care. As long as they win a Super Bowl, I'm happy. I say Brooks was probably better than Shula or uh, Bucky Richardson. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it didn't take much to be better than he Shula, man. He Shula was uh, hot garbage. Okay, I mean, he was not very good. Okay, and uh, definitely shows uh, how horrible Mike Dickey is at evaluating quarterback talent. I say Brooks was probably already read that. Damien says, uh, just finished helping my sister move, catching the show late. I'll go back to rewatch like always. Yeah, man, we just uh, reached the part of the show where Aaron Brooks becomes the topic of conversation, and I let everybody know how trashy he was as a quarterback. So I'm sorry. You know, uh, trash as a quarterback, and with the way he left the Saints, I would have to say trash as a human being. Based on what I see, I never met him, you know, but like I always say on the show, like my mom used to say, when a person shows you who they are, believe them, and you adjust accordingly. And he showed me, based on his actions, that he was a trash human being. Now, I mean, that happened over 15 years ago. A lot can change in 15 years. Probably a better person. But uh, I can't roll with him. Can't play with him. <laughs> can't coach him. Wade Wilson was better than Brooks. Hey, I remember that year when Wade Wilson uh, won four straight games with the Saints. And the Saints went 4-0, and and then they lost eight straight after. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man, I remember Wade Wilson, man. That boy said Bucky Richardson. I haven't heard that day in a year. Man, we had some names on here, man. Bucky Richardson. Uh, man, look, Gil Fennedy. My goodness, Mario Bates. Ain't nobody bring up Ray Zellers. Hey, Ray Zellers. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. We can we got, got plenty of names we can bring up, huh? <laughs> Renato Turnbull up in this. <laughs> TJ Decker said if we if he could do it over, he would have done whatever he had to do to get Doug Flutie. Definitely could have had done worse. Yeah, man. I would have wouldn't mind having Flutie on the team. These I know he would have had more heart, unlike some quarterbacks I know. These I know that Doug Flutie would have left it all on the field, unlike some quarterbacks I know. I would know that Doug Flutie ain't going to be smiling after he throw an interception, like some quarterbacks I know. But I digress. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. And if you have not done already, hit the like button before you get up out of here. Go ahead and hit that like button real quick. Let everybody know that you enjoy the content, that you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. And if you have not subscribed, then what are you waiting for? Go ahead and hit that subscription button. Hit that bell for notifications. And also, become a supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. The description is down below. You can click on the link and find out how you can become a supporter. And also, you can become a supporter on Facebook. You can follow the State of the Saints podcast on Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast and previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Thank you all so much for your time. And also follow the State of the Swag.
podcast that's available on YouTube as well. YouTube.com search the state of the swag. Special thank you to the sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast, Manscaped. And thank you all for your time. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?